just how broken do you need to be before you decide it's okay to ask for help? We live in a society that has decided that we need to act like everything's fine because everything seems to be based around comparison. So what can you do to let go of unhealthy comparisons and get help before it feels like it's too late? In fact, why not get support and be surrounded by the right community before it ever even gets close to that? When I was a kid, I was told a story about the three men and they were looking to get hired to drive a covered wagon through the Rocky Mountains of America's West. And each one of them knew that they were in competition for this position. It was going to be well-paying. They were going to be able to drive for a powerful company and steering these covered wagons and driving these horses through the, the roads, through the cliffs and all of that. First one gets up. He says, I am so good at driving a wagon that I can get those horses right up next to the edge and have that wheel ride right along the edge and nothing will happen. I'll get you where you need to go. Second driver comes along and says, I'm so good at driving horses that I can have that wheel hanging halfway off the edge and still maintain control and get your goods where they need to go. Third driver comes along and says, I'm so good at driving horses that I can keep that wheel several feet away from the edge and never have your goods at risk. Guess who got the job? The third driver. The one that can keep the wagon the furthest away from the edge is the one that was given responsibility over the owner's goods to drive them through the mountains. The moral of the story is that we often get caught up in the wrong kind of comparisons. We like to get caught up in this idea of that I'm strong enough, I'm tough enough, I can handle this on my own. And maybe you can handle it on your own. But when is it time for you to decide that just because you can handle it on your own, you don't need to? In fact, why don't we start asking for help before the wagon ever gets even remotely close to the edge of the cliff, especially at a day and time when we are over something far more important than just the goods of some covered wagon. What you're responsible for is your family, for your marriage, for your children, and that needs your attention now. It's important that we understand that the right time to seek help and to seek support isn't when we're nearing that cliff and things are about ready to fall off. In fact, the right time to seek support is as soon as we realize that there's an opportunity to get that support. Sometimes somebody asks, hey, how's your family doing? Do you need anything? And I'll respond, no, 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 we're fine. And in my mind, I'm thinking about all the different things that, oh, we've got to get this taken care of and this taken care of and this taken care of. So why don't I say anything? I think in part it's because we've been conditioned to believe that not everyone is sincere in their offer of help. And unfortunately, that's true. There are many people that will ask if you need help because they simply want to feel good for offering it. I had an experience when I was living in New Zealand that I had ridden a bike uh, several miles from where I was living and it ended up at somebody's house in the midst of a storm. And I've been told by a particular family, hey, if you ever need anything, give us a call. We're more than happy to help. And so me and my friend had called them and said, hey, we're trapped out here on our bikes and we can't ride back because it's pouring rain. Would you mind coming and getting us? And the family said, yeah, sure. No problem. No problem. And they came and they got us and they, they took us home. We thought everything was great. The next morning, we got a call from the individual who was supervising our time in New Zealand. And he said, hey, what are you asking families to come pick you up and drive you around for? And we explained the situation to him and said, hey, and they offered. They said it would be fine. His response was that a lot of times people say that they want to help because it makes them feel good, but that their heart's not actually in it. Now, that's not a rare occurrence, which means too often we build barriers because we don't know who's being sincere and who's not. And there's really only one surefire way to find out if someone's being sincere, and that's to take them up on the offer. 
If somebody offers you help or support or lets you know that something is available for you and your family and to help you and to guide you, then say yes. If somebody offers to help pull weeds at your house, say yes. If somebody offers to babysit or watch your kids, as long as you trust them, say yes. Invite help, invite support, invite community. Because yeah, you might be able to do this on your own, but it's a really lonely road to travel. It's exhausting, it's difficult, and it's more fun when you're surrounded by those that do genuinely care. So if somebody offers help or if you have the opportunity to engage in something that could provide support for your family, the only way you're gonna know whether or not it brings good fruit is if you plant the seed. Unfortunately, I didn't always have this perspective and my marriage suffered because of it. Early in my marriage with my wife, when there were little hiccups or little things that we would face, I would ignore them. I thought, oh, we'll just grow out of it or I'm just being silly. There were different marriage classes and different counseling sessions and things offered by our church that would give us the opportunity to learn how to better communicate, better understand one another. But we're fine. No, I don't need that. I'm a great communicator, right? Well, I wasn't so great at communicating. I was good at communicating with people that communicated in my style, but I didn't know how to translate that to the style in which my wife communicated which then made me decide that things were her problem. All that built on itself because we weren't broken enough yet for me to ask for help or for me to accept help. So I want you to think what's going on in your life, in your relationship, specifically in your family. What's happening with you, in your marriage, with your children? What's happening between your children? What do you see? It's okay to admit that you're struggling to communicate with your spouse. That doesn't mean that you're a bad communicator or that your marriage is on the rocks or about to hit rock bottom. All it means is that you recognize the ability to grow. And if we would be more willing to recognize that we have an opportunity to grow, if we do that at the start, then those challenges that we face, those issues that come up, they don't become infected. But instead, our fear of acknowledging them, our fear of saying, hey, I can do more, or hey, I need to do more, it gets in the way. And so those small issues become big blowups. And one night, that's exactly what happened. I had allowed small things to build on top of themselves until the pressure was so great that when my wife and I got into a nothing argument, I exploded. I was angry. I was upset. I was frustrated. Months and months of things had built up to bring me to this point that I had ignored. I'd had opportunities to take care of them and I chose not to. People had reached out to me, said they could see something and I ignored them because I needed to put on certain airs and certain appearances. But now I found myself using my bare foot to kick in the cupboard of our hallway. And I busted right through that door as my wife walked past me, went downstairs, grabbed the keys and some of her things, and she was set to leave. And there I was with the adrenaline fading away and the pain starting to set in and my foot beginning to throb. And I looked down and a piece of the cupboard about the size of a chopstick was sticking out the back of my heel. I felt so stupid. Why had I let it come to this? Why had I just done this thing? And as much as I wanted to blame somebody else or think if only my wife had said something, if only she had talked to me sooner, in that moment, I knew the only person I had to blame was myself. I was waiting for some kind of explosion, some kind of sign to show me that it was now bad enough for me to actually do something about it. And here it was, a broken cupboard, a bleeding foot, and my wife headed out the door. I moved to the top of the stairs and everything slowed down as I thought about what do I really want? What do you really want? Do you want the relationships in your family, the bonds and the connections to be just good enough to get by? Or do you want something that's powerful, that never even gets close to the edge of the cliff? 
in that moment, as I sat on the top of the stairs, I knew exactly what I wanted. And it was a future with my wife and with my family. And in order to get that, I had to make some radical changes right then and there. And it started with opening my mouth and I opened my mouth and something ugly and stupid came out where I said, wait, please stop. Wait, don't go. And in my wife's credit, she stayed. She came up, she helped pull the piece of cupboard out of my heel. And from there, we started a really long, really difficult journey. You don't have to walk that path. If you feel like your marriage is fine, like your family relationships are fine, then good. That's great. Take it from fine to amazing. If you feel like you're already at that point, you're already having these explosions, you're already halfway out the door. I understand that as well. And you can still decide in this moment what it is that you really want and commit to a course of action to achieve that. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to be enough. I don't know if it's too far gone. I don't know if your fine family is faking and there's all this mess that's buried underneath it that suddenly is going to get revealed when you start poking at it. What I do know is that when you decide what course of action you're going to take, you can be instilled with a kind of power that only comes with true commitment. And true commitment doesn't mean you've got one foot out the door. True commitment isn't about dabbling. True commitment doesn't have a deadline or an expiration date. What is it in your life right now that you are truly committed to? Do you have anything that you've given that kind of commitment to? If so, why? What was it about that? Go ahead and take a few moments to really decipher that and dissect it and pull it apart and figure out what is it about this thing that has drawn such a commitment for me? And see if you can find a similar why into those things that you want to be committed to, but aren't yet. It is within these commitments that you find the ability to press beyond the difficult and into the amazing, where you find the ability to reject what's normal and pursue what is exceptional, because that's what your family should be to you. A home, a family, a marriage should be an exceptional opportunity for the deepest, most valuable relationships that you'll ever experience. And if you commit to that and pour yourself into that, whether you feel broken or whether you feel fine, you'll discover new levels and new opportunities. And within those new levels and within those new opportunities lie the greatest joys, the deepest loves, and the happiest moments. Just remember that this is a journey as much for you as each member of your family. So take the opportunity to extend grace to everybody in their journey and trust that you're all doing your best and believe that your best will be good enough as you consistently take action and keep your commitment. Till next time, keep moving forward.